630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Well, isn't this interesting? Speaking of Taylor Hall, he is scratched tonight for the Devils game in Colorado against the Avalanche that is just about to get underway. Corey Massasak, who covers the Devils for the Athletic, we've had him on the show a couple of times, has tweeted this two minutes ago. A Devils team spokesman said Taylor Hall is being held out of the lineup for precautionary reasons, but the team has nothing to report on a potential trade. So that's what they say. He's being held out for precautionary reasons. So that's all we get uh, out of that. We'll keep an eye on it. The Big L texts in. He says, Reed, if Taylor Hall is an oiler before Christmas or anytime soon, I dread what holes there will be in the roster and the depth by making this kind of acquisition. Furthermore, I agree with what John Shannon has said. Hall wouldn't be a fit with the Oilers. That is a text to 780-496-0063. But Taylor Hall scratched for precautionary reasons tonight as the Devils take on the Avalanche. Just one other game in the NHL. It's the Dallas Stars. Taylor Fadoon. Local kid, former Oiler, his second of the season. Stars lead the Golden Knights 1-0 after the first period. Western Hockey League, Oil Kings just getting underway against Swift Current at Rogers Place. We'll keep you updated on that one. All right, uh, Ricky Ray coming up in half an hour as he, uh, he played for Scott Milanovic in Toronto, so he'll have his perspective on the new Oilers head coach. Uh, more on that on the Eskimos page on 630Ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I am pleased to welcome back to the show one of the all-time greats in the world of Canadian figure skating and a young lady who once co-hosted this very show. It is Caitlin Osmond. Caitlin, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Notice I still put the medals before co-hosting the show on your resume. I still rank the medals higher, reluctantly. Oh, no. <laughs> How, how's life? What have you been up to? Uh, life's been great. It's been really busy. Um, I was just on the Rock the Ring tour that traveled across Canada, um, and I've been coaching a lot since, so uh, it's been really busy. <laughs> so what, you're living in southern Ontario now? Uh somewhere yeah <laughs> you're, well, you're right you're not around Edmonton as much anymore no I'm not <laughs> okay what uh what age range are you coaching and how do you like doing that I'm kind of coaching from all different ages from about seven years old up through to 16 17 years old um so it's been a lot of fun traveling a lot for that too so it's been great what do you like most about coaching mostly just I don't know, actually. There's something about coaching that I really enjoy. Watching people figure things out is great. And just learning the way that people love skating and what it is about skating that they love. Sometimes athletes who were at a very high level, sometimes they have difficulties coaching because it's it's hard for them to go back to the basics and talk about the simple things. Has that been a challenge for you, or, or are you good at communicating the, th- the things to people who might be starting out? I actually love basics. Uh, the basics of skating was my favorite part, and to be able to go back and teach those, it's, it's really exciting. 
I know when the once you get past the basics, that's when I struggle. Once you okay, once you get past the basics, that's when you struggle. All right. How, how what about the Rock the Rink tour? How's that? Is 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 it on a break now, or what's going on with that? It's all done now. We finished on November twenty third, I believe, um, and it was so much fun. It was probably the my one of the my favorite tours that I've ever been on. Um, and I I was in shock when it ended. I was uh, I couldn't believe that it was ending, and I wanted at least thirteen more shows. How many shows did you do? <laughs> twenty seven. Twenty seven all across the country. Yes. What kind of reaction do you get from fans? Uh, we actually. Have great fan reactions this year um with it being a non-olympic year and all of that uh, it's always questionable what the audience is going to be like uh, but the audience was incredible in every single place that we went to who else was on the tour with you uh there's alistico it was testing scott's final tour um and there was also patrick and we had a few international friends that was great and we actually had a band that opened up the show for us. So Birds of Bellwood from Toronto was a an addition to our tour this year. Okay, awesome stuff. Yeah, that's it for Virtue and More, eh? They're not even going to skate in exhibitions anymore. No, that's it. Okay. Uh, by the way, that's still one of my favorite interviews of all time was when you got Scott Moyer on the show that night you came in and co-hosted with me. That interview was, that was a great time. We got to get him on again. He was really good. Okay, <laughs> so you are skating... When are you skating here? West Edmonton Mall. Is this tomorrow already? Wow. It's tomorrow already. All right. So what's going to be happening tomorrow then? So tomorrow at the Ice Palace at 2 p.m. Uh, is the Christmas Spectacular, Holiday Spectacular. Uh, holiday Spectacular. I can't speak. Um, <laughs> and it's our Ice Palace Figure Skating Club doing our holiday-themed show. And it's just a lot of fun. A few of the skaters that have qualified for nationals will be skating. Um, one of my great friends, Keegan Messing, he was also qualified for the last Olympics. He will be skating, and so will I. Um, and it's also a great way to be able to donate to the Edmonton Food Bank. Oh, great. So people can bring an item or, or donate some cash or anything like that? Yes. Okay, yeah, Edmonton's Food Bank, you can bring a non-perishable food donation. Uh, and, uh, I mean, we do the same thing for an Eskimos game, too. So, yeah, you can uh, definitely help out that way. So it's from 2 to 3. How, wh- how, what does this mean to you to, to be in Edmonton and be on the Ice Palace Ice doing a show like this? It, it feels great. This Ice Palace show I've been doing since I was 10 years old. And to be back here, I haven't been on the Ice Palace Ice in a year actually probably since the holiday spectacular last year. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I miss my club and I miss performing in Edmonton. And being on pretty much home ice for me right now is going to be really nice. Well, that's awesome, Kaylin. I mean, we're so glad you're doing well, uh, and we could, we're so happy you continue to come on the show and this other uh, exciting chapter of your life, which I know continues to unfold. Are you still interested in pursuing broadcasting? Because you've told me that's something you, you really like, too. <laughs> I am. I'm actually starting journalism for, in school uh, starting in September. Oh, really? Where are you going? Uh, to Centennial College. Oh, excellent. Well, I wish you all the best with that. See, that's great. We are going to be working together someday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so 2 to 3 tomorrow, Ice Palace, West Edmonton Mall. Kaylin Osmond's on the ice uh, as part of the Ice Palace Figure Skating Club Christmas show. And uh, bring something for the food bank, and I'm sure you'll have a, a wave and a smile and a chat for any fan that's interested, eh? For sure. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Kaylin. We'll talk to you soon. Keep in touch, okay? Thank you.
That is Caitlin Osmond, three-time Olympic medalist, 2018 world figure skating champion, member of the Ice Palace Figure Skating Club. Two to three tomorrow afternoon. It's going to be awesome. Uh, yes, the uh, breaking NHL news tonight as the game gets underway between Colorado and New Jersey, Taylor Hall has been held out of the Devils lineup. The Devils are saying he's been held out as a precaution. Is that a precaution because he uh, has an injury they're worried about? Is that a precaution because they're going to trade him right away? Could he possibly just be changing dressing rooms and uh, be reporting to the Avalanche very soon? Certainly the Avalanche and the Arizona Coyotes have been at the uh, top of the rumor mill list for destinations to Taylor Hall. So maybe this happens tonight maybe it happens tomorrow or maybe nothing happens <laughs> sometimes these things go nowhere uh, but Taylor Hall held out of the Devils lineup as a precaution tonight against the Avalanche 780-496-0063 we have John on the line John what's going on hi how are you Randy? oh my goodness it's comedian John <laughs> hey I have good news I have a new source of golf jokes for next spring <laughs> oh, I look forward to those. You good? You got me. You gave me. You gave me reason to keep coming to work. <laughs> That's what we want. We want people, you know, employed in this country. <laughs> Listen, I'm phoning because uh, I wanted to thank Scott. Uh, I wanted to thank Sunderland for hiring Milanovic because I think he's exactly what we need as a coach, and be interesting to see whether he might have approached Ricky Ray. So. Maybe that topic will come up at 7.30. Well, yeah, we'll see what Ricky's thinking. I know he has said in the past that he doesn't want to dive right into coaching. But okay. you, ne- well, you never know, right? Things can change, and he has a lot of respect for Milanovic. So I will uh, I will gently make the suggestion or ask the question, but then we'll, and we'll see what he says. I, I, I got to admit, I was pleasantly surprised they got Milanovic. It's the first coach since Don Matthews that the Eskimos have hired who has, who has previous coaching experience. That was 20 years ago. That's hard to believe. Yeah, and you know, I think that's going to be great. I also wanted, you know, I, I'm glad to, that you had Caitlin on today because I went to Stars on Ice last spring, and, and I always think that figure skating is in the top three as far as the difficulty of doing it with flexibility, balance, body positioning, you're upside down, you're turning... And that would be an interesting discussion some night for for a show to figure out what you would rank as the top three or four things. Yeah, that's uh, you know I think uh, I think either ESPN or Sports Illustrated did some kind of a story. Oh, it was probably maybe it might have even been in the late '90s, like the early days of the internet, and they ranked every sport on how tough you have to be, how coordinated you have to be, how. Oh yeah. Uh, and I've always remember boxing was number one and hockey was number two. Well, that might be for toughness. Now, I don't know about all the rest of this stuff. Well, the, the wild card with hockey is you, you also have to skate. I mean, you have to yeah. do all the other stuff while you're on yeah. these thin little blades and on ice. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, yeah and, okay. John, well, I listen, thanks, to Reed. the uh, golf jokes, and I hope you can stick around for Ricky Ray after seven. You bet, and I'll talk to you hockey next week. All right, that is John, 780-496-0063. Quick timeout, Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962.
All right, so here's the deal. Taylor Hall took the warm-up for the Devils and now has been held out of tonight's game against the Avalanche. The Devils calling it, for precautionary reasons, a uh, team spokesperson has told reporters that no trade is imminent. Now, you can all have your own definition of the word imminent, I suppose, but that is the uh, breaking news in the National Hockey League tonight. We will uh, keep an eye on it. We're with you until 8 o'clock on Inside Sports, and then you can uh, tune into our sportscasts every half hour throughout the evening. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oil Kings underway. Rogers place halfway through the first period. No scores. They take on the Swift Current Broncos. U of A Golden Bears forward Trevor Cox back from Ontario where he played for the U Sports All-Star team against the Canadian World Junior Hopefuls. Trevor, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's good to have you on the show again. Congratulations on getting to play for the U Sports All-Stars team in the two-game series against the World Junior Hopefuls. Uh, before we, we get into the games, just tell me a little bit about you know finding out you've been picked to play and, and picked to play with five of your teammates as well. Yeah, it was... Uh... A little bit different of a situation for me because I was uh, injured for about a month with a high ankle sprain. So I found out a little bit later um, than the five other guys. But um, when I heard, obviously, I was really happy and and really excited uh, to go to Toronto and and uh, represent youth sports uh, in a really, really uh, cool experience of a week. Um, we just got back uh, last night, and uh, we all had such a good time. Now, did you play on uh, on a line with U of A teammates? Did they keep the uh, the Golden Bears together, or did you get shuffled around a bit? Um, at the start, it was uh, me, Sanford, and uh, Stevie Yowry. But there was 13 forwards, so the lines were, were jumbled quite a bit. And then in the second game... Um, me and Sanford played with uh, Stephen Johnson from uh, St. Mary's. So, I mean, it was jumbled around a little bit, but for the most part, I stuck with uh, Sanford for the for both games. What was it like just getting together as a group for such a short period of time and obviously being teammates with some players that you'd consider heated rivals in other situations? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely really different. I've like personally, I've never been a part of um, a team where you get together for just a few days and and try and form some chemistry with with guys like you said you you don't really like during the regular season in your own leagues and then with guys that you've never met before. So it's definitely very different. But the coaches. Uh, of the U Sports team did such a good job of of giving us lots of team builders and, and kind of making us really friendly with each other uh, in a in a short amount of time. So it wasn't too hard, and I thought uh, I thought the chemistry clicked pretty early, especially in the second game. Um, thought we played very well. Well, and you got the game winner in that game. U Sports won it 2-1. The first game was also close. The Canadian team winning it 4-3. Tell me a little bit about this sort of being a, a showcase for U Sports hockey. I mean, the U Sports teams, whether it's it's one team, you know, the Golden Bears played as a, as a whole team a few years ago, or U Sports All-Stars. Th- these are always very competitive games. And in my mind, an- another opportunity to showcase how good U Sports hockey is. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, um, 
obviously over the World Juniors, it's it's the best 17, 18, 19-year-olds from around the country forming a team. And um, so obviously that's it's a lot of elite players, a lot of high-end talent. And, and the, like the youth sports guys were put together for a few days and thrown together. And obviously we're a little bit older, but and we're competing with them, meaning we're still playing at a high level, at an elite level. And it's good to showcase that. I mean, I don't think youth sports hockey in general gets the recognition it deserves, but I think every year the league is, is taking a step in the right direction and people are starting to to notice. I mean, you see guys like from our team last year, Luke Philp, Jason Fram, Brian McGee, getting really good contracts here in North America and over in Europe. So it's it's uh, it's good to see, and, and hopefully um, in the coming years you start to see more of that. Trevor Cox from the U of A Golden Bears hockey team joining us tonight on Inside Sports. I had uh, your coach Ian Herbers on uh, last week, and, and he said you guys might have to uh, rearrange some exams or or uh, make some accommodations for schooling to play in this tournament. What was that like for you, Trevor? Did you have to uh, move some things around, and now you get get back to the grind with some studying? I was I was lucky enough where I didn't have to uh, move any exams around. I wrote one right before we left, and then I have a couple uh, next week, but definitely there was some guys who had to defer some exams. I, I know Clayton Kirchenko for, uh, from our team, he writes a couple exams in January for uh, having to defer them. So, um, I mean, school is a big, it's a big part of, of being a student athlete, obviously. And you gotta, you gotta um, take care of your, your studies before, before uh, hockey and, um, can be a little bit stressful at times, but um, the school and our coaches um, do a great job of of making it easy on us. That's for sure. All right, so you you got to study here and write your exams, uh, and then and you are you guys playing an exhibition series here right after Christmas? Yeah, we got to be back in Edmonton on the twenty seventh, and then we'll get a we'll get a skate in, and then I believe we play the twenty eighth, twenty ninth against. Uh, Nate, I believe it is, and Mount Royal. Okay, good stuff. Well, Trevor, thanks for sharing your experience. Good for you being part of that U-Sports All-Stars team. Have a great Christmas, and we'll talk to you next semester. Okay, thanks, Reed. Thanks for having me. Trevor Cox from the Golden Bears hockey team, one of six Golden Bears to play for the U-Sports team against the World Junior Hopefuls uh, earlier this week. The two teams splitting that series. Trevor Cox, the game-winning goal in the second game, 2-1 for U-Sports. Taylor Hall held out of the lineup. New Jersey Devils say it's precautionary as they take on the Colorado Avalanche. Could there be a trade? Well, my ears are perked up. I think he winds up going to the Avalanche, personally, if I had to speculate. I think that that's where he's going, and the Devils said, okay, we won't play him tonight, but we're not going to trade him to you before the game, so he plays against us. That is what my gut is telling me. We'll see if it's right as we uh, move along. The Devils are denying that a trade is imminent. Scott Milanovic is the new head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos, a guy who loved playing for him, and you loved watching when he wore green and gold. Ricky Ray coming up after the 7.30 News. Go 
You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Oilers and Maple Leafs tomorrow. Game starts at 5 at Rogers Place. Our face-off show begins at 3.30 here on 630 Chad. Miko Koskinen expected to start in goal for the Oilers. Dreisaitl and McDavid expected to start the game on the same line. Joachim Nygaard will be a game day decision. He did not practice today. Marcus Granlin took his spot on a line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Alex Chason. You can get more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com. NHL tonight, Taylor Hall scratched for what the New Jersey Devils are calling precautionary reasons. The Devils trail the Avalanche 1-0 with six and a half minutes left in the first period. Landeskog has his sixth of the season. The Golden Knights and the Stars tied 1-1. Seven and a half minutes left in the second period. Fadoon and Carlson, the goal scorers in that game. Western Hockey League, three minutes left in the first period at Rogers Place. No score between the Oil Kings and the Swift Current Broncos. You can text 780-496-0063. That is the same number to call. This portion of the show, presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 780 Family. The Oilers have gone 0-2-1 in their last three games. In each game, they have fallen behind by two goals or more. And in each game, they have come back to tie it and then ultimately lost. Here's head coach Dave Tibbet. Tell them why we got down to and then tell them why we got back, you know. So it's there's things that happen in a game. I like the way we're pushing at certain times, but I don't like some of the mistakes we're making at, at, uh, at times when can't make those mistakes you know and then there's it, there's a whole array of things like we talk about the couple that we're we're thinking we gave up a goal with 20 seconds left or whatever it was in the first period and we have the puck in the offensive zone that's that's one that we should get you know we shouldn't be making that mistake there's another one we ice the puck we need a line change but then we decide to go down and try to beat people going down and there's no communication about the change and we give up a two-on-one those are things that are thinking things that we have to get better at so you address those head on but then you also have to address the you know we're doing we're doing some good things in the game making some good plays we scored five goals i mean that's there's some positives to that so it's uh, every day you're you address the good and try to build on the good and try to limit the bad find better results all right, head coach Dave Tippett, uh, very even keel when he speaks to the media. I think he's the same way with his players. He's shown a little bit of frustration at a couple of times throughout the season, but uh, generally stresses teaching. And as he said, they did do some good things last night. So he's trying to point those out, emphasize those things, and limit the errors. And that'll give the Oilers a chance tomorrow against the Maple Leafs. That could be a high event game, as we like to say uh, when talking about some back and forth contests in the National Hockey League. Joe Bowen was on earlier and he was describing the Maple Leafs and it sounded like he was talking about the Oilers. They have, you know, a couple of stacked lines up front, questions on depth, some questions on defense and goal prevention. That's the matchup tomorrow. I am pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports one of the all-time greats in the history of the Edmonton Eskimos, Ricky Ray. Ricky, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's nice to hear from you again. We uh, didn't necessarily think we'd have uh, reason to reach out for you in the middle of December, <laughs> though we're always happy to have you on the show, but uh, obviously some big news. But before we, before we dive into that, did, did you take in a lot of the, uh, the CFL playoffs and, and the Grey Cup? How closely did you watch some of that? 
Yeah, I did. You know, I watched um, the playoff games leading up to it and then uh, watched most of the Great Cup. So, um, yeah, exciting. I mean, I knew I knew some of the players playing, so, uh, you know, I definitely wanted to, to pay attention and watch and, and uh, see what happened. Well, it's interesting because the last third-place team to win the Grey Cup before this year was the 2005 Eskimos, and uh, and you were the quarterback of that team. So, you know, you, you got to respect but Win- what Winnipeg did. You go into Calgary, into Regina, and then beat a 15-3 and team in Hamilton to, uh, to, to win it all. I mean, it's never easy winning road games, and, and I think in some of the West Division buildings, probably even an even tougher road. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty pretty nice what they did i mean they're going in and and beat calgary who's been you know really the the best team here in the last decade it seems like and then um you know follow that up with a you know a win in saskatchewan against the best team in, in the west this year and then to beat the best team in the east uh had a great record in hamilton i mean they just did a great job of, of beating those great teams and then definitely earned their great cup this year what what is the impact of confidence and momentum when you get on a playoff drive like this? And I mean, football is unique because it's quick, right? And it's everything's a one game elimination. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I've been on some of those teams where, man, you just you just get hot at the right time, and um, you know your confidence really starts to build, and you get some big wins, and um, it just keeps carrying over. And uh, you know, that's what they were able to do. You know, go in and get started off with a big win in Calgary and then, uh, you know, on and on. And uh, sometimes that's what it takes is just that little bit of belief and it, it just keeps growing and growing. And uh, next thing you know, you're, you're hoisting the Grey Cup. All right. Scott Milanovic has been hired as head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, you played for him in Toronto. Obviously, you, you shared a Grey Cup with him your first year with the Argos in uh, in 2012. And you've spoken very highly of Scott over the years. How come, Ricky? Give us the lowdown about the kind of coach we're getting in Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoy playing for him. I mean, he, you know, being a quarterback, um, you know, he was a quarterback. You know, he, he coaches offense. Uh, he's just a really smart, um, you know, football coach. Just uh, learning all the things I was able to learn from him um, as far as how to play the quarterback position, what's important, what you need to focus on, and. Um, just the system that he taught. I mean, it was just uh, a great time, you know, and, and a rough time in my career, you know, getting traded from, from Edmonton to Toronto, playing for a new team, and to be able to have a, a coach like Scott um, really show me, uh, you know, some different things and then re-energize my career. You know, he meant a lot to me for that. What do you... What can you say about Scott? I mean, he's known as maybe more of an offensive coach. He will be the OC here. He's been a quarterback's coach in Jacksonville. But there's a lot more to it than, than one part of the team when it comes to being a head coach. Tell, tell me a little bit yeah. about how he handled the group as a whole. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely um, is a guy that, you know, likes to get his point across. He's not going to sit up there and, and talk forever. Um, about things that you don't need to worry about as a player. Um, he really keeps you focused on what's important, um, you know, what you need to do to, to play good football and, and what the team needs to do. Um, so he's really good with that. And then just the style of system that he runs, I mean, the way they teach, um, you know, how they install the walkthroughs, the different styles of, of learning that they they allow the players to go through so everybody gets a chance to kind of learn in different ways, um, which I think helps a lot for the players. And, uh, you know, he, he's 
he's a football guy. I mean, he's he's played this game for a long time as a player, and then now coach it for a long time. So he knows what it takes to 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 build a, a championship team. And then obviously he's he's won multiple great cups as a coordinator and as a head coach. So he definitely knows how how to get it done. So um, just having that on his resume, I think as a player, um, you know, you can put a lot of belief in, into him because you know. Um, he's going to put you in a situation, and, and, and he's able to, to develop a system that can get you to the Great Cup and win it. Ricky Ray joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Some insight into Scott Milanovic, who is the uh, new head coach of the Eskimos. He'll finish the season with the Jaguars in the NFL and then get to work on the green and gold in, uh, in January. One of the uh, one of the problems that plagued the Eskimos the last couple of years was in, in some games the penalties mounted and hurt the team a little bit. Whether it was fair or not, fair or not, Jason Moss took a lot of heat for that. How would you say Milanovic handled uh, penalty troubles, discipline issues over the years? Yeah, I mean he um, he's definitely addressed those over the years. Uh, you know, he he talks about. Um, you know what you need to do to to be a good football team, and one of them is, is penalties. Uh, you know you got to be good with penalties because that that can really hurt you in, in a football game. And um, so he's he's definitely addressed that with the players, and you know he's gone to you know calling penalties in practice and doing different things to to, to make sure that we're aware of that and practicing good habits, and uh, you know not just after the fact saying hey we gotta we gotta stop the penalties. He's, he's pretty proactive with that stuff. Um, which I think helps um, you know players understand and, and practice good habits and try and avoid some of those penalties. You know, it's interesting, Ricky. I, I talked to Natea Jay, Eskimos receiver, a couple of days after Jason was let go. I also had the opportunity to interview Brendan Tamman, who's been the GM of a couple teams in this league, and they both said it, it was highly their preference that if you're hiring a coach in the CFL, he has to have CFL experience. It's hard to bring in a guy from south of the border who hasn't been around the CFL game. You know, from from your experience uh, as a player and now kind of looking back on some things, like if, if you were, I'm not saying you want to be a GM someday, but if you were ever in that position, yeah. like would that be a, a priority? You have to bring a guy into that dressing room that, that knows the CFL game and has been around? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely helps. I mean, um you know, you want a guy that understands the league because there's there's quite a bit to learn. Um, you know, quite a quite a bit of difference between you know the down south game and, and the CFL game. And um, you know, it, it takes. I've just seen it with with players coming up, and even myself, just trying to learn. Um, you know, all the different rules and then the style of play, and you know, the field, and just all the little nuances of, of the game. Um, it, it takes some time, eh? And you got to be able to adjust to that. Uh, you know, having a coach who's never experienced that to come up and and try and learn all those right away is it's a tough thing to do. So um, definitely having CFL experience, uh, knowing the game, uh, knowing the history of the game, and all that um, is definitely would be high on the list. Well, some players learn quicker than others, Ricky. I'm pretty sure you threw for four touchdowns in your first start, so you picked it up uh, <laughs> <laughs> along the way. But uh, no, I, I understand what you're saying, and I've and I've heard that before, especially offensively. There are so many little uh, wrinkles that can go into it, and and all the motion that's allowed in the CFL that isn't allowed in the National mm-hmm. Football League. Okay, here's the big question, and I actually had a caller, John, who's a loyal Eskimos fan and loved you when you played here, and he said, you got to ask Ricky this, and I said, yes, John, I'm going to ask Ricky. You have a relationship with Milanovic. I-, I know you've said in the past that maybe not coaching right away 
has Scott approached you? Would you give any thought if he approached you to join the Eskimos in some sort of a capacity? Uh, where are you with that? Yeah, I mean, I still think um, I still think I'm a ways away from from jumping into uh, you know some coaching. I, I still feel like I need some more time to just you know relax and do some things and uh, you know spend time with my family and do some things that I haven't been able to do you know since I've been playing football. Um, so I definitely don't think I'm ready right now. Obviously, if if Scott were to, to ask me, I would definitely think about it because I enjoy playing for him so much, and I, you know, I think he's going to do a great job. And um, so I definitely would think about it. But uh, to be honest with you, I don't know if, if this year is the right time for me. Okay. All right. Fair answer for sure. Thanks for that. And I'll, and I'll close with, with a bit of a lighter one. Ricky Ricky Ray joining us on Inside Sports. Uh, Ricky Ray, a retired Ricky Ray away from football, you said you're doing some things you didn't have uh, some time to do while, while you were a player. Anything you could tell us that might might surprise us about a hobby or activity you've gotten into? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I, the problem is I have too many hobbies. <laughs> um, so last year I, I started doing some just some running, some trail races. Uh, I had some friends here in town that we go out and run and um, did some races last year. And I uh, really enjoyed doing that, just being out and, and uh, running. And I uh, did a half marathon, let's see, in November in Monterey uh, with a friend. So that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, just fished. You know, I went backpacking with my dad over the summer, um, you know, for three nights in, in the Marble Mountain Wilderness here in Northern California. So uh, just little things like that. You know, I, I you know, spent a bunch of time with my, with my family uh, doing summer things and all that stuff. Uh, you know, swimming with the kids and taking them on vacations and stuff. So uh, it's just really doing the little things. I mean, nothing nothing big and spectacular, but just spending time with family and, like I said, getting out with my dad a little bit and uh, doing some fishing and backpacking and some trail running with some friends and just staying busy that way. All right. Well, that's awesome. Uh, several Eskimos fans uh, texting in tonight, Ricky. Uh, gotta love Ricky. Edmonton still loves Ricky. Reed, can you tell Ricky we love him? So uh, one another texter says, best teardrop long bomb ever. So you still got a lot of people uh, pulling for you here. Thanks for checking in tonight, Ricky. I know we'll talk down the road. Really appreciate the insight into Milanovic, and it sounds like you're loving life, man, so keep going. Thank you. I appreciate that. I am, and, uh, you know, I love all the fans there, too. You know, I had a great time coming back this summer, and obviously the going up on the wall, um, there in September was pretty special for me so I just want to say thank you to everybody there who supported me. Right on. Thanks Ricky. Thank you guys. Ricky Ray checking in tonight on Inside Sports. So some good insight into uh, why he thinks Milanovic worked as a coach in Toronto and is going to work here in uh, Edmonton and you heard uh, Ricky say that if, if Scott Milanovic were to ask him to be on the coaching staff he would think about it but he says he doesn't think it would be uh, this year coming up. And he did say, I still think I'm a ways away from jumping into coaching. So a little bit of clarity there from Ricky on that topic. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. It is also the text line. And uh, yeah, the story of the night is that Taylor Hall has been held out of the Devils lineup tonight for precautionary reasons. That's what the Devils are saying. They also say no trade is imminent. The Avalanche lead the Devils 1-0 after the first. Back in a couple of minutes, Inside Sports on 630 Chad.
Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. One of my all-time favorite tracks and favorite videos. Great stuff. Angie Quinnell, studio operator this evening. Angie, how are things? Things are good, Reed. Looking forward to the Oilers Leafs tomorrow? Yes, it's going to be a fun matchup. You are going to be working that game? I will be. Good stuff. Good stuff. 3.30 face-off show game at 5 right here on 6.30 Chat. Now, is Kellen doing that board of everybody's record as to who's the op? He is. And what's your record when you're behind the board? You haven't, uh, I know you haven't done a lot of games. No, and it almost seems like every game I've done, they've lost. So I'm 2-2-1. Two, two and one. So I'm very sorry, guys. 2-2-1. Two, two <laughs> five out of a possible 10 points. Well, tomorrow's a big one. 3-2-1, kind of like, well, not bad. 2-3-1. It's like, oh, Angie, what are you doing? What I don't know. Doing? I don't know. That's all right. Going to be good tomorrow. Always fun when the uh, Leafs are in town. As I mentioned, though, the Oilers have been... Here's the thing. They've been catching up lately, which is cool, uh, but they've still been losing, and they've had to catch up because they've been falling behind. Goaltender Mike Smith. When something bad happens in a game, it's it's not the end of the world. And I think uh, if you watch some of our games, it seems like when we get down a little bit... Um, you know, it snowballs a little, you know, with mistakes that happen, they compound and we're trying to score two or three goals in one shift. And, you know, obviously that's not, you know, possible. So I think it's important just to stick with the process and, and not, you know, not get your panties in a bunch here when, uh, you know, when things don't go your way and you get behind the eight ball a little bit, you, you kind of stick with what you're, what you've been, you know, what coaching staff's been preaching all year and, and uh, you know, play within yourself and, and give your, you know, give your whole team a chance to win. And that's everyone in here. That's, that's goalies included and, and D and forwards. It's, it's everyone. Everyone's got to play a part. And if everyone does that, we stand a good chance to win hockey games. A little bit there from Mike Smith. Head coach Dave Tippett was asked about the increased goals against. Since November 3rd, the Oilers have allowed the second most goals in the league. Tip was asked how much of that is on the goalies. I would put part of it on that, but not all of it by any stretch. We're giving up too many too many good chances. Now, the goaltenders will tell you, hey, they'd like to make a few more saves. Some of the people make mistakes, say hey, they'd like to make a few less mistakes. It's the way it is, but it all goes hand in hand. Nobody talks about it when early in the year when we had some games where we got out chance bad and our goaltender stood on his head. It's just that's the way, that's the cycle that we go to and when you're giving up a lot, the goaltenders know. They they think they can clean up some of that problem, and they can, right? But we can clean up some problems in front of them, too. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, look, the Oilers are they're not a great defensive team. I think they've made some improvements. They, they've had some really good defensive and checking games. They've had some with problems. Earlier in the season, their goalies bailed them out a lot when needed and I thought last night Mike Smith didn't really stop a great a scoring opportunity and you know 20 20 saves on 26 shots really regardless of the quality of the opportunity is it a very good game it's that it wasn't all on the goaltending but the goaltending didn't help the goaltending didn't help last night on a night where you got a rookie at the other end you know I think a couple got by him that that maybe wouldn't have got by uh, more experienced or better NHL goaltenders and, uh, you know, probably a game earlier in the season that the Oilers maybe win 4-2 or 4-3. But instead, they wind up losing 6-5. They'll keep working at it tomorrow against the Maple Leafs. Always a uh, fun vibe 
when the Leafs come to Rogers Place. All right, final look at the scoreboard. Golden Knights lead the Stars 2-1. That is after two periods. And the Avalanche lead the Devils 1-0 after the first. Taylor Hall held out of the lineup by the Devils for what they are calling precautionary reasons. They have given no indication that a trade is forthcoming, though clearly that's the speculation. Uh, look, all this is just me speculating, just us BSing on a Friday night. It wouldn't surprise me if Hall just winds up going to the Avalanche, walking across the rink to the other dressing room, uh, and getting ready for the Avs' next game. But uh, obviously a story to follow as we move along. Start of the second period at Rogers Place. It is the Oil Kings 0, Swift Current Broncos 0. Besides Ricky Ray tonight, you heard from Trevor Cox, Caitlin Osmond, Joe Bowen, and Kelly Rudy. You miss anything, you go to the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com or you can sign up for the Inside Sports podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, you also get Overtime Open Line as part of that deal. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. You heard from Angie Quinnell. She's the studio producer this evening. 3.30 face-off show tomorrow. Game at 5 at Rogers Place, Oilers and Maple Leafs. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.